Today on Let the Bible Speak. The Bible speaks of several books that are written and kept in heaven. They contain information about you. And good morning to you. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. I hope you had a good week and are ready to begin a new one by looking into the Word of God. The Bible is a collection of 66 books inspired by the Holy Spirit. We should be very concerned about those books and the things written in them. But did you know there are other books in God's heavenly library today? And those books should concern and interest us as well. For starting point, I would like to read together from Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 and 12. The veil of the future is lifted back here for the Apostle John, and he is given the revelation of Jesus Christ, and he views this ominous scene. He writes, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. In this chilling view of the judgment of mankind, John pictures what he saw as a righteous judge upon a pure and perfect throne, judging those who once lived on earth. For any judge to adjudicate any case, there must be a standard against which the defendant is tried. In this case, John says, books were brought to the judge and they were opened. What were these books? What did they have to do with those standing before the throne? And they're not the only books that the Bible indicates God keeps in heaven pertaining to us. I want to peruse God's books for a few minutes today and see some things about God's meticulous bookkeeping, things that should sober us as well as comfort us after a song. Thank you for the day. Because of you. 
Writing of books is, of course, an ancient practice. When we explore the Old and New Testament scriptures, we find that God has employed writing as not only a means of communication with man, but of recording important things in the history of His people. For example, Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1 introduces the genealogy of the sons of Adam by calling it the book of the generations of Adam, simply indicating a record of some kind of those who were born from Adam down through the line of his son Seth. Well, this was important to document the unfolding of God's seed promise. And likewise, we read in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1 of the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, which traces that promised seed from Abraham to the birth of our Lord in Bethlehem centuries later. We read several times in the Old Testament about the book of the law. This was a book Moses wrote containing the law that God gave to Israel. And it was kept with the Ark of the Covenant, according to Deuteronomy chapter 31. And then we read of books containing the events and deeds of the Israelites that were recorded so that they might be documented and remembered. There were records that were written down of events in the kingdom of Israel after the monarchy was established and so forth. It's not that God needs a book to remember things, but rather God wanted certain things documented for our benefit. God is omniscient, but we're not. God remembers everything. We, of course, don't. God did not need a written family tree of His people, but He recorded such so that we might know Jesus is the promised seed and the Christ of God and come to faith in Him. God didn't need Moses to write the law down in a book to remember what He commanded, but rather so that we might know and we might remember, or the people of Israel in that dispensation. And the same goes for the writings of the will and the law of Jesus Christ. The same goes for the history of God's dealings with man. God has no trouble remembering what happened. He knows everything. He remembers everything. And He sees from the beginning to the end, from the inside to the outside of every person, of every event, every situation that has ever transpired. He is not constricted by linear time like we are. He's omniscient. But He uses this powerful imagery of writing and making books to impress upon us His omniscience that there is nothing hidden from His sight. There's nothing that escapes Him. There's nothing that is impossible for His mind to know and to perfectly retain. And that can be quite terrifying, but it can also be very comforting. I want us to think together about the interesting references in the Bible to God's various books, His perfect record. And He is a meticulous and an unerring bookkeeper, and we need to keep that in mind as we go through life. God doesn't think like we do. God is not limited like we are. God keeps excellent books, and He keeps those books for a reason. And we will be confronted with each one of them at one point or another. First of all, there are the books of God's revelation to man. We would call these collected books the Bible. Now, of course, the Bible is a treasury of 66 books all written at various points in the stream of time, all inspired by the Holy Spirit and all serving a unique place or purpose in God's overall revelation to man. 
Now, these books were not haphazardly written by fallible and forgetful men, but rather were meticulously written down by those men with the oversight and the approval and the guidance, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, men have tried to corrupt it, but the Bible, as God inspired it, is a perfect revelation of the mind and will of God to man. Peter tells us that the prophets who wrote the Old Testament they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, meaning as they were borne along by the Spirit of God. The Spirit carefully oversaw and approved every word that they wrote. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse 16, that all Scripture, not some, but all Scripture, is given by inspiration of God. And the word inspiration means breath. In other words, every scripture is the breath of God. It is God-breathed. It is what God Himself spoke, what came out of His mouth, and written down through these inspired men, inspired by His Spirit. Well, that, of course, gives the scriptures authority. Now, first of all, we can, we can absolutely know everything that God wants us to know about Him and His character. Through God's revelation, the Bible, we can learn of the love of God, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, the wrath of God, and so on. Oh, we may not fully comprehend those things, but we have access to all that God wanted revealed about His divine nature and character and being in His divine revelation, the Word of God. We can know God based upon what His Word reveals about Him. We can not only know of His person, we can know all of His pronouncements. We can know what God expects of us. God's commandments and His will are revealed to us in the Bible and in no other way, in the Bible. That's His means of communicating His law, His will. You know, the Jews of old had the book of the law, later the other Old Testament books recording God's laws and His instructions for them. And likewise, through the apostles and first century prophets, we have the New Testament scriptures which reveal to us the will of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our King, the head of the church. But not only His person and His pronouncements, we also have His promises. God has made thrilling promises to His people and covenants with His people that also include warnings to the wicked. And friend, God never breaks His promises. And God's promises are recorded in the books, His Word, to assure us and to stand as a testament to the fact that God will do what He said He will do. Now, the Bible itself tells us that those books are complete and sufficient. They are lacking nothing. They accomplish everything God sent them forth to do. And before the last apostle laid down his inspired pen, the Holy Spirit moved him to write this warning in Revelation chapter 22, beginning in verse 18. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book." Now, friend, that's serious business. And if someone tells you they have some new revelation from the Lord, you run the other way. If they lead you in some direction other than what the Bible says, they're a false prophet and a false teacher. Jude said in Jude verse 3 that the faith was once for all delivered to the saints. Now, in Revelation chapter 20, John is transported by the Spirit of God to that ominous judgment scene at the end of time. And there he said, all of the dead small and great, were standing before the throne. Not some of them, all of them. 
Paul said that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That means me, that means you, that means your parents, your children, your neighbors, those who lived ages ago, and those who perhaps are yet to be born. All will stand before the Lord. And then he says the books were opened. Now most certainly in that vision John is seeing the books containing God's Word because the Bible tells us time and time again that we will be judged by that Word. That, that will be the standard of judgment. Jesus said in John 12 verse 48 that the word that I have spoken, that is while on earth recorded by the gospel writers and those he later spoke from heaven through his apostles he chose, the word that I have spoken it will judge us in the last day, Jesus declared. Now friend I want you to give that some serious consideration right now. Where does that put you? Where does that put me? We will be judged by the word of God. And God's word is immutable. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. You're not going to be judged by the prevailing voices of the present culture. You're not going to be judged by the United States Constitution or by the laws passed by Congress. That law by which you will be judged does not have to pass through the U.S. Supreme Court. The real Supreme Court is in heaven, and there's one judge on that bench, and he upholds his Constitution, not one written by Congress. So is the Bible your rule for living? Is the Bible your standard of conduct? Is the Bible where you turn for all your faith, all your doctrine in faith, worship, and Christian service? Is it the ultimate arbiter between right and wrong? Well, if that's not the case, then you're wrong. Because, friend, you're not going to be judged by your conscience. You're not going to be judged by your feelings. You're not going to be judged by your opinions. The books are going to be opened. And those books and the truth they contain have not changed with the times or with the ages. When Moses wrote down the law to govern Old Testament Israel, Moses handed that book to the Levite priests, we're told in Deuteronomy chapter 31. And in verse 26 he told them, Take this book of the law and put it beside the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. And the words of Jesus Christ and His apostles are written down in heaven, and one day they will be opened at the judgment bar and will be compared to those words. And those words will witness against the rebellious and disobedience, every sin, every transgression. And then there's what we might call the book of record, the book in which is recorded our lives, our words, our thoughts, our deeds. Now, God doesn't need a literal book to know and remember everything about us. But this sobering picture should impress upon us that nothing escapes the all-seeing eyes or the memory of God. The Bible says, for example, in Hebrews 4 and verse 13, that there is no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. Revelation 20 and verse 12 says that the dead will be judged by their works according to the things written in the books. Which works? Well, every single thing we've ever done. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. God has a record of all of that. God will remember every word we ever said. The recording device is always rolling in heaven. Jesus once said, For every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. 
A God even knows and makes note of every thought that we choose to entertain, every motive, every secret lust, every flash of jealousy and pride, every motive, whether pure or impure, or selfish. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5 says that when the Lord comes, He will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal or expose the counsels or motives of the hearts. And God won't just remember the highlights or the big things. There is not one sliver of a word, thought, or deed that escapes the infinite mind of God and is not recorded in heaven. Now that's bad news for many. And it's good news for others. Good news in the sense that God remembers the deeds we do in His name, our Christian service. But the fact that God keeps such a record should terrify every person who is wanting, wantonly and flippantly living in sin. Friend, you need to wake up and realize one day you are going to stand before God and you will answer for every single sin, except for one thing. You can come to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, Place your trust in Him. Surrender your will to Him in repentance. Confess your allegiance to Him as your Master and Lord and King. And be buried with Him in baptism so that your sins can be washed away in the crimson stream of His cleansing blood. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. And listen to how Peter put it in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. He said, Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. You see, there's a record of sin. There's a record of sin's debt. And only by the merit of Christ's atoning blood can that sin ever be erased. So friend, don't get this idea that God just looks at the general overall picture and doesn't care about the specific things that you do or say. Don't don't skate through life thinking, well, my sins aren't too bad and God doesn't pay much attention to all of that. Listen, He records every sin, every righteous deed left undone, every impure desire, every muttered word, no matter how hushed the tone in which we speak it. And every sin that is not buried beneath the blood of Jesus will be exposed and replayed for the court of heaven in that day. And you can mark that down. There is a day of judgment. And you and I had best be preparing for it. But just as God records every sin, He records every righteous act. We re- he remembers our labor. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15 that our labor in the Lord will not be in vain. Now that doesn't mean we can somehow earn our salvation, but it does mean that the Lord is faithful to reward righteous deeds done in truth and in His name. He remembers the times that we were abused and unjustly and cruelly treated. For He said in Hebrews 12, Vengeance is mine, not ours. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He said, I will repay. Do you know He even records our sorrows, our disappointments, our heartaches, and our bitter tears? God's aware of all of that, and He remembers it. There's a beautiful passage back in Psalm 56 and verse 8 that's written by David when jealous and wicked Saul was seeking his life. And David was being chased across the wilderness mountains and hiding from cave to cave. And in those days his tears fell like rain. And one day he looked up to heaven and he said, You number my wanderings. You trace my every footstep, in other words. He said, Put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? Isn't that wonderful? Just to think that God has a book in heaven where He records every time one of His children is made to cry. One day the cause of all those tears is going to be gone forever. And John said in Revelation 21 that one day God Himself will wipe those tears from the eyes of all who are redeemed and saved. 
I think within that is included the idea that God will set every wrong right and remember and redeem every righteous tear that we shed in this Christian life. What a wonderful and a comforting thought. God hasn't overlooked anything. It's written in His book. And finally, listen, there is God's book of life. Now this book is spoken of time and time again all throughout the Bible. And it's a thrilling but yet sobering thought. Again, Revelation 20 and verse 12, John saw in the judgment, the day of judgment, that another book was opened, which is the book of life. You know, Jesus talked about that book while He lived on earth. He told His disciples not to rejoice over miracles being performed and the power that He had given them, but rather to rejoice that their names are written in heaven. Luke chapter 10 and verse 20. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 3, And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. You see, there's a book in heaven. There's a book in heaven today where the name of every person who has been saved through time, through the centuries, through the millennium, has been every person who has been redeemed and saved, that name has been recorded. Do you ever stop to think that your name is eternal? It is. You were given a name and you'll always have that name. And the moment that you come in faith and repentance and confess the Christ and are united with Him in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins, a wonderful transaction takes place in heaven. Your name is written in that book. What an awesome and a precious thought. Now God does not write your name there without you knowing it. It doesn't appear there by chance. It isn't written there as an addendum to your mother or your father's name. It is written there when you enter a saving relationship with Jesus Christ in obedience to His gospel plan of salvation. So I ask, is your name there today? How do you know it's there? Do you know if it's there? Your name can be there, and you can know that it's there. And one day, the Bible assures us that book is going to be opened. And that book is going to be searched. Someone will search that book of life for your name. Think about that. When you come to the judgment after this life, your name will be called, you will be summoned, and that book will be searched. And the most terrifying, dreadful, awful thing I can imagine, imagine is for your name to not be found there. You say, why is that so important? Because Revelation 20 and verse 15 goes on to say, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's what the future holds for every person who turns Christ away. Revelation 21 and 27 but there shall by no means enter the new Jerusalem anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And I want to tell you something else. It's possible to have your name taken out of that book. I know many people will tell you that's not the case, but they're in direct contradiction with the Word of God. Revelation 3 and verse 5, Jesus warned the erring church, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. What about the person who doesn't overcome? 
What of the person who turns away from Christ and goes back to the world and never repents, never returns? Even long, long ago, Moses came down from trembling, smoking Mount Sinai to find the people worshiping the golden calf. And in Exodus chapter 32, verses 31 and 33, he interceded with God. Moses returned to the Lord, the Bible says, and he said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. You think about that, friend. Where do you stand today? If today were to be the day of all days and you were summoned to the throne of judgment and that book opened, would your name be found? There will be no mistakes, no accidental omissions, no last-minute additions. God's bookkeeping is perfect. It is meticulous, and we will be judged by things written in those books. Come to Christ today, won't you? Give Him your life in gospel obedience. Be baptized and have your sins washed away. And if you've deserted the Lord, come back and have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to see all of our past broadcasts, plus extra videos including Let the Bible Speak classics all the way back to the 1960s. And get new updates, go to YouTube and search for Let the Bible Speak TV and click on subscribe. Connect with us on social media. Go to Facebook.com and search for Let the Bible Speak TV. Imagine this very day, the book in heaven containing the record of every deed you've ever done every sin you've ever committed, every mistake you've ever made being wiped clean, and not only that, your name being inscribed in the book of life. That can occur today. And if you're willing to be baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, we'll be happy to put you in touch with someone who can assist you in doing that very thing and in beginning your Christian journey. If you'd like a copy of today's lesson, we'll be glad to send you a free printed transcript. Get in touch with us and ask for the lesson, God's Bookkeeping. God's bookkeeping, and we'll get that to you as quickly as we can. I hope you have a great week ahead. I hope you'll find us online, ltbstv.org, as well as social media. Just search for Let the Bible Speak TV. Help us spread the word about the program, and make your plans if God is willing to join me back here next time for our next Bible study together. Have a great week. Until we meet again, God bless you. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by The Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org.
Thanks for being with us today. Join us next time for Let the Bible Speak.